I'm Fish on a Hater. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Co- Hold on. Oh, okay, I need to need to get into the into character here. <clears throat> Hi, I'm Fish on a Heater and this is PvP Corner News. I'm here with DeFi A250. DeFi, I hear you've got some breaking news to report to us. I do! I do have breaking news. Uh, I have hit legend for the first time in the Go Battle League. It was very fast. It took <laughs> two sets from when I took my break. I sat down on Friday afternoon after the switch. I did two sets, a 3-2 and a 4-1. And I am sitting at <laughs> Legend. I have the pose. I'm glad I waited. Yeah, I'm glad I yeah. didn't like try to learn a Halloween cup and then like tank <laughs> a bunch. Because it was really... Um, because I knew the team, like I was a little nervous that I was gonna have to like relearn how to do everything because it had been two weeks. That crossed my mind too. Yeah, but but yeah, no, glad to see it. it was that wasn't the case. Yeah, it was just very like, oh, I know what to do here. I know what to do here. This is yeah, fine. That's awesome. This is easy. Well, congratulations. Um, that's such a huge step and so- something that has been such a long time coming for you. It has. I was so I was very scared that like I was gonna open my game. And everything was going to be awful. And like I was just going to lose all that progress. Because I've been up in the 2900s before and I've just never crossed that threshold. Mm-hmm. So it felt really, really good. My husband's like, he's doing something else. And I'm just sitting cross-legged on my couch, right? Just like s- sitting quietly and playing. And all of a sudden I'm just going, let's go, let's go, let's go. And he's just like, what is happening? What is was wrong? Was he excited for you, or was he just like, uh, good job, honey? Yeah, he was more like, uh, I don't get it, but congr- <laughs> like, congrats. I'm you know, happy I'm for the- you. I'm happy for you. I-, I don't understand, but I'm happy <laughs> that you are happy. And then I got some ice cream to celebrate. <laughs> that was lovely. <laughs> you sounded so much like a kid then. And yeah. then I got some ice cream, and it was the best day ever. Yes. Well, because I'm an adult. And I can go get ice cream when I want to get ice cream <laughs> to celebrate winning the tap winning tap Pokemon. game. <laughs> like <laughs> it's kind of like that, like the memes and jokes I see. Like you know, I'm an adult. I can just buy a birthday cake whenever I want. I can mm-hmm. eat it. Like it's that kind of thing. Like I can go get yeah. ice cream when I we, want to. Yeah, we get to decide what adult behavior is now, seeing as we are the adults. Yes. So that was really good. It was really important to me because some people were like, stream it, like stream your, you know, your legend run. But I was like, I didn't want to do that because people, one, people will like snipe you. And I didn't Mm want to get, I didn't want it either way. I didn't want people like purposefully losing to me. Mm. And I didn't want people purposefully trying to beat me. I just wanted to, you know, play it out. And I didn't, I wanted to do it by myself because I didn't really get any live coaching this season. Mm -hmm. I've been in the btw server a lot and have asked some questions but i haven't had anybody like do okay now you're gonna tap two times and then you're gonna like i haven't done any of that Mm. um and i don't prefer that kind of coaching anyway i'm the kind of person who like let me do my set and then talk to me afterwards uh i don't like the that's the style of coaching i prefer but yeah it was really important but for me i was like i'm i've done the whole season kind of by myself (laughs) off stream (laughs) With and I gave credit online, which got up to like 400 likes. By the way, that was uh, it's calmed down now. 
<laughs> on social media. But that was my my notifications were were something for a bit there. Yeah, four hundred and one likes. It's a lot of likes. But yeah, I, I credited you know Lyle Jeffs the third mm-hmm. for the team because mm-hmm. I didn't come up with the team. Uh, I did ask him some questions about it early on. Like, what do you do when it, you, you run Diggersby in the lead and you find a Metacham? Because that feels like a very common thing you're going to run into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, how do you handle? Like, questions like that. So I credited him in the BTW podcast because that's where I was. Like, I was posting like, okay, I'm I'm going in. I'm going in. I'm going to do it. And then I got a 3-2 and I was so close. <laughs> and then I got a 4-1 and just blew right past it. So that was, it was very, very good. I'm very, very happy. So at 3032, I actually haven't done my Pico Libre set. And this is why, because I want to stream it. I want to stream my Pico Libre set. That makes sense. And I haven't streamed because I'm reorganizing my office. Like right now I'm sitting by a bunch of boxes and like, it's a mess. (laughs) It's a hot mess down here. And I want to, I worked a bunch this weekend. I built some shelves, like I say I built. I bought some shelves from Target and assembled them. I'm working on it. It's a process. Do you have a target date for when this will all be done? Well, the season's over at the end of the <laughs> month. So I would like to be able to stream my Pika Libre set by then. So that kind of forces me into a timeline. I'm hoping to get the bulk of the work done this weekend because putting up the shelf was like, and taking the furniture out that was huge Mm -hmm. i think the next thing i just have to like reorganize like my desk space there's some other things i need to reorganize and put away and even if it's not perfect perfect i should be good enough to just at least turn the camera on maybe next week that would be pushing it but definitely my goal is by the end of the month okay so that was defy's experience with go battle league this week my experience has been the opposite. Oh no! <laughs> I'm I'm glad I get to live vicariously through you at the moment because uh, I did I I got pretty close. I got um uh, up to just just a tick shy of 2900 at the end of Halloween Cup, and then I got a, a one four, and then I got an O five, and then a few two threes, and then as 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 of now. Just playing open great league. I've lost my last thirteen battles in a row. Oh no! <laughs> so I'm down to twenty five hundred. And what are you running? So I uh, I have taken an idea from somewhere someone on Twitter. Like it's uh, <laughs> I have said in the past that I don't like using teams that other people have suggested, but everyone's sharing their team ideas that it's pretty hard not to run a team like to, to run a completely unique team that no one's ever thought of or suggested before. So I did uh, see Zadi, who was one of the uh, regional championship winners from Latin America. He was saying he highly recommends the team of Swampert, Mandibuzz and either Lickitung or Frostlass as their third Pokemon, the pivot. And didn't work well for me. <laughs> um, oh, I think it no. got some good results at like in the first couple of sets, but then just started diving. Like like I said, thirteen losses in a row so far. That's really bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that, that's yeah. your experience. That's okay. It it happens. Um, I 
am pretty confident that that's the end of my legend push for the season. Like I can't cannot see myself hitting it, especially because uh, one week, well, it's either one or two weeks of this month remaining is catch cup, and I just won't be playing that at all. And then the rest is just open great league, which you know I tend to do my climbing in the restricted metas. The great league I've never been that confident and comfortable with so uh yeah this is this is going to be my worst season since the one before interlude season in terms of where i peak and it's my best (laughs) (laughs) oh no Uh, it's funny because um, at the beginning of the season, you set the goal of hitting expert, and I hit the goal of sitting legend. Of uh, goal of sitting, goal of hitting legend, and we've we've basically achieved the reverse. <laughs> I hit expert just fine, and you were like, "Bam, bam, bam!" Here's I, like, here's I, I blew right past expert. It was like mm. I was climbing like over a hundred points a day. It was very fast. That's crazy. Um, I mean, over a hundred points a day. That means, you know, if my maths is correct, that means you like I could technically make if I were to achieve that same thing, I could technically get to legend in the next five days, like before the next episode of this podcast comes out. It could, but, yeah, I, it could. Like, because it's possible. You can you can go over a hundred points in a day. Like, it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Lots, couple, throw some five O's in there and not have O fives to counteract it. It's yeah. Who. But what I'm hearing, though, Fish, is you're not playing the Electric Cup in the Great League. I am not. I did do it for one day just because I I did it on stream, and that's because I feel like the restricted metas are always more exciting to watch than and and to play than Open Great League. So I did it on stream. I did come across a team for Electric Cup that looked very promising, and so I spent the the first two sets the next day continuing to check this team out and after a, a two three and a one four i was like no nope, back to great league <laughs> back to work the team was shadow alolan golem minen and hisuian electrode the idea being that hisuian electrode and minen tend to counter the same things with their grass moves so electrode has the energy ball and minen has the grass knot They'll both be reasonable counters. Well, Minen's reasonable electrode, very, very good counter against Lantern. And they both beat the Alolan Rocks. The Minen can beat Galvantula as a switch in. So if you lose the lead, so if you're running the Alolan Golem in the lead and encounter a Lantern, you switch into the Minen. They are forced to switch out because the Lantern does lose that matchup. Like I found they would often send in Galvantula against the Minen. And since Galvantula is the major counter to Electrode, that frees up the Electrode in the end game. So, you know, the, the Minen might win, the Minen might lose. doesn't really matter because then the Alolan Golem just comes in and just wallops the, squishes that Spooder to death. <laughs> um, and then the the uh, Electrode comes back out and it's like happy days. That's the idea anyway. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, one, well, I, like one bad set was enough for me to go. I'll just go back to what I should be doing, which is great league. So, trainers, maybe you're like me and you're not going to touch the electric cup. 
well, you'll have Ultra League. And maybe if you do like the Electric Cup, you're having great success. Good news. You can play it again for another week. November 10th to the 17th is the Open Ultra League and Great League Electric Cup. Fish, I have the Electric Cup PV Poke Top 10 rankings here, but I don't even know if there's 10 Pokemon in this meta. <laughs> yeah, no, I do a, a regular breakdown, a six-minute summary of each of these metas on YouTube on the Pallet Town PvP channel whenever they come out, and I actually listed it off in in that breakdown for this meta where there's uh, where I could only identify eight Pokemon that you would ever see, and they are Lantern, Minan, Shadow Luxray specifically, Garvantula, Hisuian Electrode, Alolan Graveler, and Alolan Golem, actually, so seven, sorry. Maybe you might see a Magnezone, you might see an Ampharos, you might see a, a Kanto Electrode, but really, like, I, I haven't seen any of those myself. It's really just been those seven. Oh, I did see a Togedemaru at one stage. Uh, two, a couple of Togedemarus in my, you know, seven sets that I played. So it is around, but it's just those seven. And, it, I mean, it makes team reading a lot easier because there's really not many options that they could have but um it obviously comes with disadvantages as well like some of those things are such hard counters into everything else like hisuian electrode against lantern or lantern against the alolan rocks etc so if that's not your style maybe the open ultra league is more for you taking a look at the pv poke top 10 in the open ultra league uh, xl registeel coming in at number one xl steelix at number two both of those can be the regular or the shadow you could also do cresselia uh, shadow or regular reggie rock Zygarde complete form. I've been seeing some YouTube videos. Some people actually have that <laughs> built. Uh, Giratina altered. XL Greedent. Verizian XL Double or Shadow Swampert. So if that's more your speed, uh, battles tend to go a little longer than in the Great League. Pokemon are a little bulkier. Uh, also tends to be a little bit more flexible because Pokemon are bulkier. You tend to be able to switch them in and out a little bit more. It's definitely a different style of gameplay than the Great League, but I'd recommend trying it out, especially if you have some of the Pokemon I listed already built. After the Ultra League and Electric Cup, we have the Catch Cup Adventures Abound Edition. That's going from November 17 to 24. And anything that has been caught during the Adventures Abound season in Pokemon Go can be used in this meta. So we've talked about it before. We, we expect to see a lot of Community Day Pokemon. They tend to be very common. What, what else do we expect to see? Uh, I'm taking a quick look. I'm looking for which Pokemon have I caught this season. The season started September 1st, right? Yes. Was the first of the season. So I believe... All right. First of the season. Let's go. We had Charmander Community Day Classic Ooh, on September 2nd. Okay. So we could see some Charizards. I'm also taking a look. If you've been at any Play Pokemon events, there are lots of Go Battle League kind of Pokemon available. You can catch Chinchou. You can catch a lot of things. Carbank spawn that there. Uh, Alolan Vulpix. So if you've been going to play Pokemon events, the spawns there are really, really good for this. We had maybe we'll see some odd Conkelder or Guzzlord in the Great League because those were both around. Uh, we had the yeah. Halloween event. So Trevenant, 
Pokemon like Trevenant might be available. <clears throat> there were costume Vulpix that you could have evolved to Kanto Ninetales. And again, I'm looking through some of the things I caught at some of these Play Pokemon events. Like when I was in uh, Toronto or when I was in Pittsburgh, I've got Shield on, Swablu, uh, Metatite. Like I got, there's a lot of really good things that you might have gotten. I'm trying to page through and see if I see anything else. The Dia de los Muertos event. Of course, Clodsire Community Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably see plenty of Clodsire in the meta. Uh, we'll also have Mareep Day. That is coming up. So maybe a little bit Ampharos action. Otherwise, I'm not so sure. And then like the current event that we have. Uh, so Festival of Light. So maybe some Magnezone, maybe some Electrode, uh, maybe some of that Alolan Graveler or Golem that's around Dedenne. Lots of different options that you'll have. Of course, people always, there are people who are very crafty each season <laughs> and save Pokemon in their stack. So if you get a Pokemon from, re- if you don't know what a stack is, if you get Pokemon from research and run away from that Pokemon, it saves in the stack of Pokemon. And I think you can have about a hundred Pokemon. Like if you keep doing research and running, they'll save in that little stack of research tasks in your field research. However, that's not really supported by Pokemon Go. So <laughs> If, like, something were to happen and your stacked Pokemon disappear, they're just going to say, well, oops, that stinks. So saving a big stack of Pokemon is not something I usually recommend. A lot of people do it. Like, they'll save, for example, Pokemon that give bonus dust. Like, if they have a bunch of Staryu, if there's a Staryu field research, they'll save a bunch and then put on a star piece and catch them all. But I wouldn't recommend keeping Pokemon in a stack long term Mm. because Pokemon Go could just get rid of the feature. And they'd be gone. I suspect, though, that's kind of like the quick catching thing where it's like it wasn't an intended feature, but they're at a point now where they're like, well, we're not going to kind of code it out because I guess a lot of people would be upset. Yeah, but I don't I think if it broke, quick catching broke, I don't know if they'd work to fix it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's what I'm saying with the the stack. If something happened where the stack broke. I don't think that would be something they would try to fix, which is why I caution against keeping Pokemon in there that you're really excited about because they could disappear. <laughs> so that is Catch Cup. To f- close out the season from November 24th to December 1st, we have Open Great League, Open Ultra League, and Open Master League, closing it out with all three Open Leagues. And that is our GBL section for today. A very long section that means we are up to our in-game events. And this is just a, a rehash of an event that we talked about last week, which is the Festival of Lights. We've got the introduction of Tad Bulb and, by extension, Belly Bolt, which is decidedly meh in PvP at the moment. We will have more to say about that later, though. Spoilers. Um, the spawns that you want to target from a PvP perspective, the biggest one would absolutely be your Chinchow. A kind of next tier down would be a Vulpix, a Magnemite, a... Oh, I'd, I'd call that B. I'd call that the B tier. And then C tier, you'd be like your Voltorb for a Kanto Electrode and Mareep for an Ampharos. From Incense, your biggest targets are going to be a Lolan Geodude and Dedenne. And don't forget that we have two times Stardust and two times Candy for Hatching and Incense. Just keep in mind that that is not 
the daily adventure incense. That's just regular incense. And something was actually just announced today, I believe, as we're recording, and it was the Fashion Week event. Oh, here so, we go. I'm going to quickly go through. I don't see a ton in here for spawns, but there are definitely some things to call out for Fashion Week. So a lot of really fun costumes that you'll see. Uh, Whooper and Quagsire will be available. So if you want, if you like your Quagsire, maybe you didn't get a good Quagsire, you can get one. uh, And it'll have a fancy little hat. It'll have a little beanie. Uh, You'll also... Yep, there's also fashionable Dragonite. Dragonite is an amazing Pokemon in the Master League. You could also seen it debut a bit and play Pokemon in the Great League, Ultra League. Dragonite's just really, really good. So I believe the Dragonite with a costume is going to be in three-star raids. It's worth trying to get a hundo of that one if you don't have it already. So those are the debuts, those fashionable Dragonite, Wooper, and Quagsire. Gothita. Uh, evolves into Gothitelle. Not really anything to write home about. It's a pure psychic type. Not that interesting. Personally, um, unless it, I think it would have to get some new moves. It knows charm, I think, right? Gothitelle does. Yeah. Or confusion. Like Gardevoir. Yeah, it's like Gardevoir, but I think Gardevoir does it a little better. Yeah. Uh, so, And Gardevoir also gets same type attack bonus from charm, where Gothita does not. Mm-hmm. The other Pokestop showcase, though, is Marini, and that's Toxapex, which can be an interesting little poison water type Pokemon. I think a lot of people are kind of looking more at Quagsire for poison ground, but Toxapex still, I think, has a bit of a place in the meta. Mm-hmm. Fashionable Croagunk, which you can evolve into Toxicroak. Toxicroak has a lot of play in both the Great League, and maybe some niche in the Ultra League. Frillish, Jellicent is great in both the Great League and Ultra League. And I think that's it. You can also get a fashionable little Shinx. I'm not sure that that one evolves. I don't think you can get a fashionable Shinx and then evolve it up. But if you can, you know, Luxray, we just got done using a bunch in Great League. So that might be worth it. Uh, Shinx coming out of the five kilometer eggs. And I think that's it. Curlia in three star raids. A Hundo Gardevoir Gallade. Not a bad thing for Megas. Because you can put a Mega on and then get more candy for other things. We do get Gothita's shiny. It's a very subtle difference. It's more of a pink face rather than like a purple one. So little subtle difference. But PvP, I would say one of the biggest winners here. Uh, One of the bigger things to look out. The Marinis, I think, are very good. The Dragonite is good because it's useful kind of across the board. Frillish and Croagunk, I would say, would be the standouts. So that's our events section. So let's move on to the play Pokemon section. Chip, 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 chip. (laughs) There's not really much to talk about for the play Pokemon section. (laughs) Um, uh, We haven't had any this week and we won't have any until the 17th of November next week. And that is LAIC in Sao Paulo, Brazil, currently at 256, which is the cap for that event that will be a stacked event later on the next weekend we have Gdansk in Poland and Brisbane in Australia which are both happening November 25th and 26th Stuttgart in Germany is December 9th to 10th San Antonio Texas is December 15th to 17th and then Portland Oregon is January 5th to 7th the first regional of the new year registration is officially open for that And with that, DeFi, 
we're finally going to get to one of the suggestions that a listener has sent in in the past about a segment idea, and that is the One Move Away segment. So I often say, I don't think I necessarily coined it, but it is a phrase I use a lot. Save everything. Even a Pokemon you think doesn't have a lot of play. For example, who would have thought that Gligar and Superior would be top play Pokemon meta? But they were just one move away. It's your one move away, one update away from being super relevant. And we wanted to take a moment. We talked last week. We kind of on belly bolt <laughs> talked about why it's just its stats are so good. It has such good yeah. stats, but it's yeah. not given a single coverage move. All of its moves are of the electric type. It really needs a coverage move to be able to perform. So let's talk a little bit about what that might be. What does belly bolt need to be relevant? So I have gone and done all the research on this one so I can come up with a very well-informed and thorough answer to this question. And DeFi, I think we've picked a pretty bad Pokemon to start off this segment (laughs) with. Oh no, why? (laughs) Well, look, first thing I did after, you know, just checking uh, what its current moves are and what its stat product is um, was I went to... Bulbapedia and took a look at all the moves that it can learn. Basically, for those who don't know, a Pokemon in Pokemon Go can only learn moves that it learns in the main series games. So I'm going to go through a list of all the moves that it can learn, theoretically. The big problem, as you said, is its lack of coverage. So keep that in mind when I go through this list. I want you to stop me when you hear a move that could potentially improve this Pokemon. Ready? Okay. Tackle. Mud Slap. Spark. Mud Shot. Well, no. Because <laughs> it's already got Thunder Shock as its fast move. So yeah, and Mud Shot's the same. But you're doing a little bit of alternate damage, but that's not mm-hmm. great. Okay, so it might give it something like a slightly better against Clod's Eye, (laughs) I guess. Um, Sucker Punch, Water Pulse, Acid Spray, Charge Beam, Swift, Volt Switch, Thunderbolt, Wild Charge. And all three of those are good moves that would probably do well on... Bellabolt, but again, doesn't solve that problem of no coverage. Giga Impact, Hyper Beam, Thunder, and Weather Ball. Weather Ball. I there wanted to have is. Weather Ball. That is the one. There is one move. Okay, but Hyper yes. Beam. Let's also... <laughs> Every Pokemon could be improved by a surprise Hyper Beam attack. It, as long as it's got a fast energy generation fast move so uh like you're not gonna get you're not gonna get like a hyper beam and polyon doing well no but hyper beam with thundershock like you could yeah it could do quite well you could get there that's possible absolutely it would only take nine thundershocks to get that's nothing that's one more than earthquake which you know a lot of pokemon have like mudshot earthquake so so like yeah genuinely 
genuinely a, a reasonable idea. However, what I looked at was Weatherbolt. At the moment, Bellabolt being an electric type with only electric moves, what does it struggle against? Well, it struggles absolutely against, against ground types. It struggles a fair amount against grass types, and to a lesser extent, it also doesn't do that great against dragons. A lot of dragons are flying type as well, so it does have that neutral play against those, but the straight dragons or like uh, any dragon that doesn't have a secondary typing that is weak to electric, it'll struggle against those as well. All three of those types share a weakness, and that's ice. So I took a look at Bellabolt, with instead of its recommended moveset of Thundershock, Discharge, and Zap Cannon, it's Thundershock, Weatherball, Ice, and Zap Cannon. Just for context, it's got a stat product in the Ultra League. I took a look at it mainly in Ultra League because that's where it seems to have the most play. It's already actually pretty decent in Ultra League. It, it just needs that coverage to take on the things that it currently can't hit. Uh, so it's got a stat product of 4,243, which is comparable, very comparable to Polyrath, Glyscore, and Tapu Fini. So that can kind of contextualize the bulk level of this Pokemon. With Weatherball Ice, what it does is it's 10 less energy than Discharge to begin with. So that increases its ability to bait with that move and then throw a zap cannon afterwards. So anything that doesn't resist those electric moves, if you can build to a zap cannon and then bait with a weather ball, then it only takes four more Thundershocks to get back to another zap cannon, which does make a huge difference just on its own. But then even if you are relying on the weather ball to hit some of those grounds and grasses and dragons, it just gives you that really, really good coverage. So in Ultra League, without weather ball, like I said, it is already a pretty good Pokemon. It gets 30 wins and 19 losses against what PV Poke considers to be the core meta. So that's pretty darn good. With Weatherball instead of Discharge, it adds to that list Buzzwall, Gliscor, Guzzlord, Obstagoon, Shadow Snorlax, and Verizian with no extra losses. So that increases its win rate in Ultra League to 36 and 13 which is really, really good. Giratina is still a loss, and that's both forms, the Altered form and the Origin form, but those are pretty narrow losses, and the Giratinas have to shield at least once. In the zero shield situations, Bellabolt will win that. The caveat to all this is that it does rely on baiting a little bit. So if you're just trying to throw whatever the most effective move is, so Zap Cannon on uh, anything that's not ground or grass and then uh, Weatherball Ice on anything that is, um, then you your win rate d- does drop. So without the Weatherball, with just your electric moves, it's a 24 and 24 win-loss ratio. With the Weatherball Ice, it does still gain Gliscor, Guzzlord, and Verizian, but it also loses Greninja because you can't, have that discharge so that increases the win rate to a still pretty respectable 26 and 22 so that's it's an ultra league performance in great league i did take a quick look at it the numbers aren't great either way but weather ball does still improve it so without the weather ball it's 14 and 28 with the weather ball it's 17 and 25 still more losses than wins but still an improvement it picks up both shadow and regular gligar registeel Superior and Venusaur with the Weather Ball at the cost of Shadow Charizard and Cresselia. And that 
is how to improve Billabolt. I like it. That was a fun, <laughs> like, information nugget. I like it. Awesome. Awesome. If anybody out there has any other ideas or any other thoughts about Belly Bolt, please let us know. Do you like this segment? Do you want us to do it again where we tell you about a different Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. I'm keen to hear what uh, what people... Like, because there's always those Pokemon that people like and wish were better. And so this would be a good like opportunity to write in. Like Low Punny. I would... I love Cradilly. We had another listener that wrote in about Cradilly last week, and I agree with that listener. Cradilly's really fun. I wish Cradilly was a little bit better, so I'd be keen to do that for that Pokemon as well. So, yeah, send in your suggestions. And... Let's look at some things that other people have sent us. We have our mailbag this week. And the first one is from S. Wallace. S. Wallace writes, Hi, Fish and DeFi. Just wanted to let you know I'm from Pittsburgh, which is technically not the Midwest. And I've heard the saying, I'm smelling what you're stepping in. Plenty of times throughout my life. It's not super common. But if I were to say that to anyone here, they wouldn't be confused by it. <laughs> ha ha. Just thought I'd let you know. Uh, and I appreciate that you're also using a colloquial regional word in here, like yinz, Y-I-N-Z. Uh, that's something that's very specific to Pittsburgh. Like when I say y'all, that, that's <laughs> kind of that version of it. I have heard that before. And that was from like, the, I've only heard one person ever say like Y-I-N-Z, yinz. So wait, do you pronounce it yinz or yeah? Yins. Do you, pronounce, you pronounce the Z? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to give a shout out to Melgood, who was like a huge pioneer in the grassroots PvP scene and is now working with the Pokemon Company International with the whole, you know, competitive ecosystem around the Play Pokemon events. She was the last person that I heard using the word Yins. And so I've had my introduction to that <laughs> through her. But as that Wallace continues, but anyhow. I was wondering how viable Yins think the non-meta picks are in Go Battle League. I just recently hit ace for the first time in Open Great League, running a team of Swoobat in the lead, Sableye, and Gligar. I really like Swoobat because he counters some of the top meta picks and can spam Psychic Fangs. I've also never run into another one, so it feels unique. But I also know that I'd better, I'd be better served if I replaced him with something a little more meta. Anyways, sorry for the long email. Love the show. S. Wallace and gave S. Wallace gave us the pronunciation. You'd honestly be surprised at how many people see my trainer name and fumble trying to pronounce it. S. Wallace, that is something I can relate to. <laughs> You're like, I live with that every day. Yes. <laughs> Look, if it's working for you, I am all on board with you using the Swoobat. You never quite know with the off meta picks because. It could only be off meta because it takes someone prominent in the community to show us all how good it is. Like, for example, Superior was nowhere until I believe it was Hot Pocket was the first person to use it in a play Pokemon event. And suddenly everyone's like, whoa, wait a minute, guys, I think we found the answer. Or it could genuinely just be bad. That's the other reason that it could be off meta. If you're using this thing, and it's working for you. As long as you've got Pokemon in the backline that can cover the weaknesses that Swoobat might have to face, 
absolutely go ahead. I can I can think just off the top of my head, uh, something like a Sableye would be really bad for Swoobat. Lantern wouldn't be great for Swoobat. You've got a counter for the Lantern in the Gligar. And I actually don't know how the Gligar versus opposing Sableye matchup goes, but you kind of, you do, you know, you don't have two Pokemon that I would say are weak to Sableye. So that's not bad either. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I've fully supported. <laughs> Go for it, man. Yeah, and looking uh, looking at Swoobat, it actually is also a Pokemon that benefited from that Aerial Ace buff. Right. So you can run Psychic Fangs and Aerial Ace. Your fast moves, you have options between Confusion and Air Slash. It looks like PV Poke would recommend Confusion, but I could also see an argument for Air Slash in there. And Venusaur would be very unhappy to see a Swoobat. <laughs> uh, and it's it's a Metacham counter. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm for it. I get it. Makes sense to me. Let, I mean, let it, let us know if it keeps on working for you or if it stops working for you as well. We'd be keen to hear either way, S. Wallace. But yeah, keep in touch. Thank you for emailing in. The next one is from Chris, who says, I've lived in... Now, he's got a bunch of abbreviations here. I'm going to see if I can work them all out. That is, MA is Massachusetts. Correct. NJ is New Jersey. Correct. RI is Rhode Island. Correct. And TX would be Texas. Yes, very good. Uh, So I've lived in Massachusetts, New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Texas, and can tell you smelling steps is not a saying in any of those states. I think it might be an idea for a sign-off, though. How about, may the leads that you step in not smell? From Chris. Thank you, Chris. I also (laughs) had somebody reach out to me on Discord saying that they had heard it before. So someone did reach out to me um, and say that they've heard it, but also I've had people reach out to me and say, like, I've never heard that before, but I understood what you meant. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm in that camp. Like, I, I got it. I And, like, my con- my contention was never, is that a real thing? I'm, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I just don't think it should be. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> well so are a lot of local sayings of course yeah of course but again um, not, it's definitely not a common it's not common anywhere i don't think sure sure it's just a very interesting turn of phrase but thank you for letting us know chris that has been making me <laughs> smile this week when people message me like i've never heard that before that's very fun for me to receive those messages. Yep. So don't be shy. Like if you're in the GoCast podcast server, if you have any mutual Discord servers with me, you can shoot me a message and say, yeah, I heard you on the show. And here's the answer to your question. Feel free to reach out. Uh, also, the email is there. We love hearing emails. Just even quick ones there like that from Chris. Thank you so much for writing in. Last one is from Joshua Douglas, who writes, question for Fish and DeFi. I'm not good at PvP, but I want to play more, and I have no clue what team I should use and how to count the moves. Is this a time and experience thing, or is there some tutorial I need to be watching? Because if I can avoid a shield or two, I would like it too, but I want to see if you could give me some tips on how to improve. Sorry for the dumb question, but if I don't ask, I won't know. Thank you, Joshua Douglas. First off, teacher and me, there's no dumb questions. <laughs> that is not a thing that yeah, exists. totally, totally. Uh, especially right. when asked in earnest. So, yeah, it's and you followed it up. If you don't ask, you don't know. That's why you got to ask the question. And it's not a dumb question because a lot of people 
have the same questions. There are a lot of different YouTube videos that talk about counting moves. If you want to talk about counting moves specifically, I know that Alfindial did a really, really good series for Pokemon Go, like Pokemon Go PvP Basics. It is a YouTube playlist. He did it. He partnered with Enhoff, and I can link that in the show notes. It's a really, really solid playlist of really everything having to do with PvP, starting at the very basics. So that's a really good one. I also know that there's a basic move counting. I'm trying to remember who did it first. Was it like the FP Sticks one? But there's a, if you type into YouTube, um, Pokemon Go move counting, you're going to see videos from Rise to Occasion, FP Sticks, Purple Kyogre, uh, Dan Ottawa, Zionic, and people who don't even make YouTube videos anymore, <laughs> like J Farm. Like, there's lots of resources out there uh, if you're willing to take a look on YouTube. But the, the playlist from Alfindial was really good. I actually, like, watched several of those videos uh, just because, you know, I'm an Alfindial subscriber. I think he's a pretty cool dude. But yeah, I will put it in the show notes. Learning PvP, there's stuff about understanding IVs, P- how to use PV poke, type effectiveness, talks about like shield usage, moveset selection, um, how to make a line of three, how to read teams. Looks like move counting specifically isn't in this one, but if you're looking for just general PvP basics, it's a very, very good lesson. I would also add to that that counting moves is relatively advanced. If you're a newer player, then I would probably start maybe somewhere else and work up to counting moves. So, for example, you mentioned specifically that you don't want to shield every time when you don't necessarily have to, which is, I I agree that that's an important thing to focus on. So maybe just playing enough to develop a sense of will this move KO me or not? If you can get that understanding, then that in itself will give you a sense of whether you should shield or not. If a a lantern is about to throw a charge move at you, you might not necessarily know which move it's going to be, but if you're on full health, if you've got, say, a a Lickitung or a Metacham in the battle, you know that that move either way isn't going to KO you, you won't need to use the shield. So I would probably start there. And then that doesn't require knowing the exact numbers of everything you can just get by on a close enough is good enough or just a general sense of what will happen will give you an advantage there if listeners are at the point where uh, i found the video by the way this is where this is what i'm transitioning to i'm excited that i found the video i was thinking of it's (laughs) wallower wallowers go battle league advanced mechanics charge move timing This is one thing that really has helped me up my game personally when I figured out fast move and charge move timing. So, for example, you always throw, if you're running a Pokemon with a two-turn fast move like a Mudshot, you always throw two fast moves into a Pokemon running Incinerate. Or if you have a two-turn fast move Pokemon, like again, like that Mudshot, maybe you're running Mudshot Swampert, and your opponent has a three-turn move, like Air Slash, then you want to throw on one, four, seven, ten. That concept 
when I figured that out, I definitely saw my win rate skyrocket (laughs) Uh, because you're not giving free fast moves. You're not giving free energy to your opponent. I remember when that happened for me, I watched the Wallower video. There's probably much more updated. For example, I don't think the Wallower video even has Incinerate in it because <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a move at the time that of uh, recording. But I'm going to put it in there because it's still out there. This video has how many? 26,000 views. Which is pretty good for a Pokemon Go PvP video. Yes. I know so, as a YouTube creator, that's pretty damn good for a, for a Pokemon PvP video. Yes, so I just want to include it because it's the one that I remember watching a long time ago. But if you search Pokemon Go Move Timing, Pokemon Go Move Counting, there are much more updated and more recent videos from people like, like I mentioned, Caleb Pang. Dan Ottawa actually just put out a video six days ago about fast move optimization, fast move timing Mm -hmm. in the year 2023. So you've got a lot. But... Optimizing the timing of your charge moves, I think, is even a step ahead again. So I'd probably, like, if, if you are a beginner, I'd probably hold off on that a little bit until until you've gotten the counts down and then you can kind of move on to throwing your moves at the right time. And then before learning the counts, I'd work on knowing how much your Pokemon can handle when it comes to charge moves. And then before that, I'd just work on knowing what moves to expect on an opposing Pokemon. So, for example, I brought up the Lantern earlier. If I face a Lantern in Go Battle League, I know with, like, 90% assurity that their charge moves are going to be Surf and Thunderbolt. There is a bit of a movement for Thunder as the second move instead of Thunderbolt, but 9 times out of 10, I'm going to be operating with the assumption that it's going to be Thunderbolt and Surf. So that for me would be the first step. I agree. So it depends on what level you are. Um, Mm. Not just talking to Joshua Douglas, but talking to anybody listening. Mm. I want to provide a couple different resources of what can we do to get better. That learning with PVP playlist, all those different things that I mentioned are all really good things to look for. Uh, Just playing a bunch with your team and kind of understanding it, like you were talking about fish is really good. And if you're looking for something a little more advanced, the fast move optimization concept, that is a really good one. If maybe you're on that expert veteran bubble and you want to just push yourself a little bit further, definitely fast move optimization is the way to do it. And so that is the question segment for this week. I just want to reiterate uh, whatever comes into your head, whatever pops into your mind as something to write in about, do not hesitate. This is the best part of the show. We've got Twitter, we've got Discord, we've got the email, and we've even got a PO box that you could, you know, write us a physical letter <laughs> to. No matter what it is, it could be a question, something you're dying to know to get better at PvP. It could be a response to something that you've seen that you've seen that you've heard on a recent episode it could be just a a dumb question uh, a weird hypothetical and i have mentioned we've got a bit of a backlog of emails if you sent in an email maybe a few weeks ago don't worry it will be read we have not forgotten it we've flagged all the ones that we have not read yet we basically just pick all the ones that are the most time sensitive first but we are keen to get to every single email sooner or later and with that it's time to talk about achievements defi Who's hit a milestone this week in PvP? Well, we start with the GoCast server fish. (laughs) 
clearly the one I'm excited about is Hero Ice 18 hit veteran for the very first um or hit Let's veteran. Go. I don't know if that's for the first time or not, but Hero Ice 18, congratulations for hitting veteran. I mean DeFi also hit legend. Sorry, that was, that was another sound effect I just added in there. <laughs> I was like, that was my initial one that I wanted to do at the start of the episode, but then I'm like, oh, no, I found this one. This is even better. Amazing. <laughs> but, you know, DeFi also hit Legend. That's okay, too. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Here is 18. Congrats for hitting Vet. And then we have Pallet Town, Fish. Tell me about our Pallet Town listeners. Yeah, well, towards the end of the season, we tend to get a spike in these achievements. So we got a lot of people to to, to congratulate this week. Mixy Slaw hit a peak elo of twenty eight forty. Dad Esprigatuelo, Field Super, Maxitron, and Trollmix all hit veteran. ZT Smith hit number two hundred and thirty eight on the leaderboard. OG Blastoise and Timurap hit expert. Amish U forty one, Jai loves Latinas, and Mama Climbs all hit legend. And Oh Snap got a 400 point gain in Halloween Cup to put them above the ace level. Well done to all those people. Yeah, congratulations, trainers. Uh, Fish, what's going on in Pallet Town and kind of on your stream? What's going on? Yeah, so just had the, uh, I called it Indigo League last week with Sosaflow at the Poker Battle Network. He's actually, it's uh, it's not called Indigo League anymore. It's it's had a rebrand. It's called The Paradox now. And uh, I, was, I was casting with Hurricane Kaz and we were just commenting on how cool the stream looked. Like he's got these, like he's had some really cool graphics done up. It looked like we were in this like really, cool like arctic zone with like light refracting off the water it's like like really cool graphics i encourage you to check that out i might chuck a a link in the show notes to check out the vod for that one other than that we've got drunk pvp happening adults only this one november 18th i think i said 19th last week so if i did want to take that back it is november the 18th u.s time 8 p.m eastern time where myself and a couple of other battlers do our GBL sets while uh, having a few beverages. <laughs> and we tend to have a very good laugh <laughs> during those streams. And it is very, very fun. So check the links in the show notes. That is November the 18th. Awesome. And then I mentioned mine when I was talking about Go Battle League. I intend to stream my Pika Libre set. I also recorded my last set up to Legend. I recorded the whole thing. It's on my phone. So I could also do something with that. So be on the lookout. My goal, if I want to stream Pika Libre. Also, if I want to meet my other goal of actually winning 500 Go Battle League battles. Because <laughs> that's one other thing that's kind of impressive about my run. Uh, I've only done 730 battles this season. Yeah, and hit amazing. Legend, But I only have 418 wins. So I, I might need to do my Pika Libre set kind of fast. <laughs> Maybe not leave it until the very end if I want to actually finish that 500 win research yeah, like I wanted yeah. to this season. I think hitting Legend, though, like that's for me is the biggest thing. So if I, this season, if I don't get the 500 wins, I don't know if I mind that much. But, you know, it'd be nice to finish it off. Yeah, for sure. I'm so cl- I'm on the last page. So we'll see. Let Motivation for me to get my office all cleaned up this weekend. And- <laughs> dive back in i would do i would probably do the ultra league and i don't know if i would do catch cup but i would definitely play that last week the great league in the open great league that would and be fun. i'll be keen to see what the revamped stream room looks like 
yeah, I've got the shelves. I'd like to also do like a digital revamp of my stream and do that. But I think that's going to take me a bit of a longer time to get like new backgrounds and things. There's always things I want to do fish, but like kind of like you kind of like you and Chris mentioned, you know, (laughs) responsibilities. They hold you back. So to close out, we love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct your feedback to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO Box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number and the PO Box address in the show description. You can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And also don't forget to have a listen to the other two shows on this podcast feed. That is the main GoCast podcast show to get the news, tips, and community you need in the world of Pokemon Go, and the newest addition to the family, Starpiece, where Chris and Lachlan recently interviewed our Findial. And listening to that interview, that got me interested. I, I put this out on Twitter as well. I became interested in my um, Sightseer medal in-game, which is how many unique Pokestops you've spun. Do you know what your count is at? I have Pokemon Go open right now. My phone's at 3% battery. Oh, Let's quick, see quick. if I can find it. I'm sure it's... Um, I'm trying to find what the picture would be. Nope, Sightseer. Um, 5,959. Ooh, I think that stops. is marginally more. Than, I think I'm at like uh, 5,300. That's a, So not really marginal, like 600 Pokestops. Unique Pokestops <laughs> is a lot. But yeah, we're both in the 5,000 range, uh, which is really like... Uh, how many... How many like different countries have you played pokemon go in my phone just died oh really that took three percent of your battery that was on the buzzer um it probably like saves one percent in there somewhere how many places have i played pokemon go Mm. i've played pokemon go in london and Mm. paris and japan and canada Mm, okay so i think the only country outside of australia that i've played is noting that london Japan. and paris aren't countries they are the cities i was in i, I yeah, don't yeah like it's it's a little different like going to paris is a little different than like exploring france when yeah, you're only in one city same with london like i didn't really explore great britain i was yeah, yeah it's, it's still it still answers the question though yeah you've been you've been to a lot of places which is really cool i i don't think i think japan is the only overseas trip that i've had since I first started playing Pokemon Go, so so that that's the only opportunity I've had, and so I'm I'm actually pretty impressed that I've managed to spin you know five thousand three hundred stops in just the two countries. Right, Australia's huge though. I feel like in the in the United States, the map projections don't really let on how massive Australia is. People think the United States is massive, and it is rightly so. Uh, it's quite large. So I've been coast to coast. And I've played Pokemon Go on both coasts of the United States and many places in between. But Australia is huge. You have a lot of Pokestops there. That makes sense to me. Uh, So Australia and the US are basically the same size. Imagine if you had the US, but every city that's not on the coast was just didn't exist. That's what Australia is. So like, yeah, we're, we're huge, but most of it's empty space. I mean... Most of most people in the U.S. live on either the West or the East Coast. Like, there's a reason okay, they sure. call the Midwest the flyover states. Because <laughs> you just <laughs> you fly over them to get somewhere else. Yeah, I don't think yeah. it's not quite as drastic as Australia, but we do have a bit of that phenomenon. Or like in Canada, like 85% of Canada's population lives like right on the border. Uh, but I would also like to see like New York uh, as a whole. 
I would like to see area wise how that compares to our uh, our cities as well. So like I imagine that again, just area wise, New York would be about the same size as what Sydney and Melbourne combined. I would not know that information right off the top of my head, and my phone died, so I can't. <laughs> and so we'll never know. We'll there never is know. no way of knowing. Uh, New York also has, I think, about the same number of people in it as what all of Australia does. Wow. Yeah. How how many people in New York again? It's. I'll never know. <laughs> uh, so I assume that you might have that one off the off the top of your head. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. That was a fun outro. I enjoyed that. Bye. Bye.